everybody and everybody and welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast. I'm Kobe. I'm Kyle. What and was that? Why'd you do that? Do what? I just said I'm Kobe. No, the sound at the beginning was weird. That was you, Kyle. Don't let me out here looking crazy. Okay. You did oh, that. Sweet. Um. Hey everybody, we're back. We're back. First, uh, before we back we d- like bra straps, y'all. We back which are like not Cairo coming back. Pratt. Listen, bra straps are not coming back. Y'all just about to see me swinging high, low, whatever happens after this child. Because after this entire situation, my back, my posture is so much better. So yeah, much better. I'm one mine in like a month, and I can feel a difference every day. It's like a burden. It's been lifted. Uh, Men have no clue. I truly. have no clue. Anyways. They look nice. Thanks. Um, that was a little inappropriate. But anyways, we're just going to breeze right past, past that. Um, hi, guys. We're back. Um, before we get started, I want to say hey to our Patreon. What's up, y'all? In a circle. Stand up. Yes, Where, yes. No, like, really, wherever you are, stand up. <laughs> Give yourself a round of applause. Yeah. Our um, Patreon community called The Inner Circle is just just bomb honestly um it's a space where we get to learn about our mental health talk about our mental health openly like our honestly we just have the perfect people like our discord like sometimes we're not even in there and they're out here encouraging each other confessing talking about things the lord's bringing up in their lives yeah like it is they're just bombed so if you want to join an awesome community visit the link in the show notes ten dollars a month and you get a ton when i say a ton of mental health resources i'm talking about on a weekly basis this is stuff that i use with my clients Right, so if you want to get some good mental health resources, join the family. Yeah, live Q&A and merch. Discounts on merch, which drops May 23rd. Yep, it drops to the public May 23rd. It already dropped for our Patreon, so. Yeah, by the time you listen to this, it will likely have dropped. Yep. No, no, not yet. Oh. But anyways. Well, it'll it'll drop soon. (laughs) Yeah. Look for it. Um. Well, first of all, we want to thank you guys as well for the feedback that we got on the trauma series. We got so much good feedback from that. Um, You know, I know I shared a couple of tears from some of the messages we got from people saying that, like, you know, this is our podcast is how some people were able to hear the Lord bringing up some past traumas and some of the stuff we put in the Patreon is really healing for other people. And so we're just grateful that you guys take the time to listen and and hear our podcast and apply it to your lives, that <laughs> means the world to us. Yeah, it's really affirming. You you know, you set out to do stuff like this, and literally the conversation that I had with Kobe and continue to have almost every week is like, does anybody even care? Like, is this the, a good idea? To, like, should we keep doing this? And I'm like, yes, Kyle. <laughs> we are going to keep doing this. In the name of Jesus, 2021, we will have a live show. Y'all hear me putting it out in the atmosphere, creating a space for the heavenly realities to come manifest in this earth. Okay? Yeah. Amen. 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 As long as there's food there. <laughs> yeah. We can have food and the baby will be out so we can also have a little sippy sip. I, oh, gosh. This baby. I can't wait for him or her. It better be a her. I'm going to be upset. If it's not a girl. That's a terrible thing for I'm you to sorry. say out loud recorded because then what happens if it's a boy, Kyle? 
then our yes, second son will know I'm a terrible person. Oh he will have figured it out by the time he's able to listen to this, though. You're ridiculous. Um, so we have the beginning of a new series for you guys. So when we're thinking about what we're going to bring you guys, the content that we are spending time researching, curating, discussing, <laughs> sifting through in our own lives, we're thinking about what it means to heal, obviously, the healing circle, and some of the things that people may overlook or may not dive all the way into when they are thinking about their lives um, in the perspective of healing. So, you know, I was thinking, okay, what what am I doing with my clients as we're starting this process of therapy, of revealing what's going on in their lives, of jumping into some of the, the dark corners of the soul? Yeah. And it was just really simple. I was just like, well, when I do the diagnostic intake, we start with your family, (laughs) right? We start with, hey, how are you? What are you doing? How are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are the things that matter to your life? But when I think about the bulk of my session, my first session, that diagnostic intake with my clients, it is about family. It's tell me about your mom. Tell me about Mm -hmm. your dad. How close are you to them? How far are you? Tell me about your siblings. What role did you play in the family? Um, And so we are going to be talking about family (laughs) systems and how it pertains to our lives, how it pertains to healing trauma and how it pertains to healing overall, even if it's not trauma um, in our lives. So we're very excited. Yeah, I've been to several different therapists at different points just because in and out of season logistics have changed or I just didn't find the therapist that was right for me. But every time, you know, they make you fill out like huge long form in some format asking about your family. I always thought they were just trying to be nosy. Ain't none of your business <laughs> what my mama name is. You ain't giving out What's governments or nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's her name, mama? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, as we have begun to discuss this topic, I have found, oh, you know what? It actually makes a ton of sense. And the growth, a lot of the growth I've experienced in my own therapy um, with Dr. Todd, um, uh, the GOAT, um, has centered around some of the ways that my trauma and my emotions filter through the lens of my family role. Mm. Historically and the the weird thing it is now that I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to start talking about dysfunctional family roles, mostly because... Um, you wouldn't need healing if your family was functional. Well, honestly, a lot of times dysfunction is functional. But, yeah. like, if your family was fine, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. And dysfunction is normative, right? So let's be clear. Most people do not have a perfect family. They're right. very, very difficult to create. And, honestly, they're so rare that if someone tells me their family is perfect, I assume Side it's because eye. they they're they just haven't quite seen with full vision the issues that are there. I used to think my family's perfect, and we're great, wonderful, yeah. wonderful family. But even as wonderful as my parents were and my siblings were, I have issues that are a function of my family dysfunction because my parents have issues that are a function of their dis- their family dysfunction, Yeah, and it is normal. Yeah. So you are in the norm if you have some family dysfunction. Yeah, and because our families are the first place where we develop identity, where we learn how to interact with other people, where we learn to deal with conflict, all of what we learn with our families, that transfers to how we relate to our friends, to our family, to our workplaces, even to the Lord, right? Yeah. And that's why it's so important for us to understand our family roles because that's going to speak to how we understand ourselves, and then also how we understand and conceptualize the world around us. 
So we're going to get started. This family um, systems theory um, is called the dysfunctional family role. Um, but overall, it comes from the family system theory created by Murray Bowen. And it is super powerful. We're excited to jump into it. So let's do it. So um, there are so many different adaptations of this. Some people have six roles. Some people have eight. But we're going to be doing the foundational four of the family system. Um, the four of the family system is a family hero the family scapegoat, the lost child, and the clown slash mascot. So we're going to start at the top. We're going to talk about the family hero. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I think the family hero is a really interesting um, role that people play. And I think it's interesting for us, too, because we both have or are playing it. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So the the family hero, let me actually just give you sort of the the guideline for what, when we talk about a family hero, what does that mean? So the family hero typically provides self-worth for the system. Yes. Um, so, so think of the person in the family that everyone looks up to. Yeah. Uh, that everyone sort of takes cues from. Yep. Even if they're... It some very often that's like the patriarch or the matriarch, but sometimes yeah. it can be a child. Yeah. It can be the one that represents the family in this really positive light. Yeah, and let me jump in really quickly before you finish that. So Kyle said something he that um, is really key that I want to clarify. He said they provide um, value right to the family. Yeah, self worth. They're providing this value, this self worth. Every single person in the family system is providing something to the family system. Yeah. Right? And when we think about why we even get, like, segregated into these different roles in the system, um, it's not because people are running to this role because it's the role they want to play, right? Because we'll hear about the lost child. We'll hear about the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Those people are who are kind of experiencing the the lesser <laughs> of the positive Yeah, some experience. of the negative aspects. So. Yeah. So, um as we look at this, it's important not to see this as, oh, you chose this role, so this is the role you're going to play. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, related to birth order, right, yeah. or related to personality type, we are running to the role that is most available and the role that we know that we can fulfill most securely without feeling threatened, mm. right? Without feeling like we are going to experience expulsion from the family system, right? So the lost child who feels alone is like, well, I feel like every spot is taken in the family. All I can do is uh, be quiet and be present, and this is my most secure place in the family, mm. right? So I also think it's important that we get to realize that for the family hero, because I think sometimes the hero can be seen by other people in the system as like this person who like is hungry for that role or this mm. person who, you know, um, it's hungry for attention and hungry, um, almost like this narcissistic perspective. Yeah. But even with this positive role, like the family hero can be someone who kind of feels like they fell into this role. Yeah. Or that it was placed upon them. Yep. Because. Yep. Even if they the didn't want it. Yeah. And one of the things you'll find as we talk through some of these family roles and the dynamics that are associated with it, there are some static ways that these roles like come about. But very often they're fluid. 
Yep. And as the family changes, as family dynamics change, as someone loses their job or someone gets a new job or yep. someone enters high school yep. or whatever, every major shift in the family and in the individuals in the family provides an opportunity for the roles to shift. Yep. So someone may experience like, oh, well, well, maybe I was that way for two years, but that's not really the role that I feel like I spent most of my child in childhood in like that's normal mm -hmm. and when the family role changes so what can happen what can cause conflict and i promise i'm gonna let you get back to this definition but i think this overview is pretty important to understanding the roles what can happen um, or what i've seen in my clinical work is there's usually two things that create um a shift in the family Hmm. role and people's role so the first one is usually some type of chaos like, we moved, someone lost a job, someone mm-hmm. passes away, you know, um, someone gets, like, extremely sick. Like, maybe the family hero who provides value gets really sick, and then uh, the person who is a scapegoat is like, hey, I'll step up and I'll become the family hero, right? Yeah. So, yeah. chaos. And then the other thing is someone developing self-worth in some capacity. Ooh, there not is n- self-worth. And, and this is... This is for the people who struggle to go home during Thanksgiving. This is for the people who feel the most lonely during Mother's Day, Father's Day. The people who feel unseen when, you know, other people are clinging to their families. Like, there is a price to healing. Yeah. There is a steep price to healing. And oftentimes, people, especially when their family systems are so static and haven't changed for a long time, that one person... Listen, let the scapegoat, let the person who gets blamed for everything start healing. Yeah. It changes everything, right? Yeah. And what, what happens when everything changes? Well, everyone's security in their role is now less secure. Yeah. If you can break out of your role, that means my role can be taken from me. And then what happens? Hostility. And that's when the family system can turn on one person. Yeah. Because this one person is now becoming something that threatens what another person's role is in the family. Yeah. And even not, oh, well, if you've become something different, then you're taking my role. It could also be, well, this is a role that was placed on me. I don't really like it. So now that you have shifted the dynamics... I want that role over there. So yeah. I'm going to push into that role. But that person might actually like their role. Yeah. And they don't want it to leave. Right. So yep. there's this interconnection that happens. And we still haven't even defined what a family hero is. But this is obviously <laughs> a, a topic it's we're a excited about. Talk- topic. It really is. Okay, babe, you go ahead. All right. So let me define the family hero. Just the name. Some of you are going to kind of intuit- intuitively understand what we're talking about. But on the outside, the hero is perfect, and they're always right. This person is an overachiever. They tend to receive a high amount of praise and positive attention, and that's how they seem on the outside. Mm -hmm. On the inside, their hero has an immense fear of failure. Yep. They have a fear of letting down the family by not living up to the expectations of the family. Yep. The hero oftentimes feels over-controlled, like he or she is not free to make their own decisions their own decisions yes and let me jump in really quick yeah so what can be frustrating for people who are not the family hero in the system Mm. is they feel like dang you got the most freedom out of all of us you're making all the decisions you're doing all these things but what 
people are not seeing of the family hero is the family hero often feels enslaved to the family system's rules. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. I can't do that because mom and dad, blah, blah, blah. Right? And it almost is like they're they're the police officer of the family. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, they have this internal... They, they've kind of memorized the family rules and are keeping everyone in line with these family rules, right? Like, hey, you can't bring home a boyfriend. No, that's not what our family does, right? Mm-hmm. They may speak up before mom and dad spe- even speaks up. Yeah. Or they might be who the kids, if there are multiple kids in a family, they might be who the kids or kid in the family goes to for wisdom mm-hmm. before everyone else. And it can look like such a fun position. I'm using huge finger quotations. It can look like such a fun position in the family, but it can be crippling. Yeah. Absolutely crippling. And and this person is often the popular kid at school. Yep. They're the popular person in the family. Yep. They're the one that when the if it's a child, they're the one that when the parents introduce the children, they seem to have more sentences to say about that one than the yep. rest. Yep. They're the ones that maybe have a lot of athletic success or academic success. So mm-hmm. um, they have all these positive things. But here's where what Kobe is talking about comes into play. Yeah. Because um, the whole topic is dysfunctional family roles. Yeah. So the family roles, but they can turn dysfunctional. And here's where the hero turns dysfunctional. The hero role becomes dysfunctional when it becomes dependent on success. Mm. When pressure mounts to always be successful and to be the face of the family, this is when that hero role can become a cage yeah. or a prison. Yep, yep. So children heroes are pressured by family to excel in school, take honors classes, pursue higher education, and essentially just to never fail. Yeah. And when it all becomes dependent upon success and then you, you experience life, and life does not always have success for you, yep. then when you experience a, um, a season of a lack of success or a shift in what success looks like, all of a sudden the identity and the foundations of it are completely crumbled. And now you have someone who's locked into the identity of I have to be something, yeah. but I don't feel like I can be it. Yep, yep. And I think um, it's important also for us to look at the family, like the hero in the system, we've kind of talked about their role in the system and, and what they bring and, and all this stuff. Um, but before we get to some of the more positive and redemptive parts of what the hero can bring to the family, it's important to look at what the hero becomes when they leave the family system of origin. Mm. Right? So, um, Kyle, you spoke of something so powerful. You said that they're in a world where success is not guaranteed. You can work really hard. You can do everything right. Most yeah. of us did, and we're drowning in student loan debt. <laughs> you know, like, we did, drowning, we followed yeah. the rule book, even when we didn't want to, even when we wanted to be dancers and artists and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We followed the rule book, and n- things didn't work out. So we didn't get success in the way that we thought we would get success. Yeah. Um, personally, I see two things happen to um, the hero outside of the family system. They are overwhelmed with their inability to control their rate of success. And so they crumble. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because My in the heart family... skipped a beat when you said it. <laughs> because in their family systems, they've mem- they, they know the rules. In many ways, they made the rules. Mm-hmm. Right? And so because there's so much control over the rules, there's so much control over what success looks like. I know what my mom and dad will be proud of. Mm-hmm. I know what mom and dad will be upset with. Yeah. I know what will make mom and dad feel like I've done something good, right? So they have this internal um, meter where they have the ability to control 
their rate of success. Yeah. They go out into the real world and realize you can't control people's rate of success and you have a lack of control of what the rules are and the rules are always changing based on context. Yeah. Ugh. And the worst. they often become extremely anxious. Yep. Um, self-loathing. Check. <laughs> um, depressive episodes, mm-hmm. right? And and they often look for jobs that will give them that static, like they're looking for numbers jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're looking for, or they're looking to lean into a talent they know that they can excel in, right? Yeah, like a yeah. like an athlete. They're not. These are typically not folks. When when the role becomes dysfunctional, when the framework for success fails. These are typically people that have a hard time managing risk and reward mm, yep. because they need reward. And and you have this situation where obviously high risk, high reward, low Always risk, low reward. Tell my clients that but all the time. many heroes, and I'm speaking from experience here, will seek the most like medium reward yep. risk because they need as much reward as possible. It's not, oh man, how far can I reach? It's how far can I reach without failing again? Yeah. And so, you know, and, and that'll change and um, <laughs> that'll change depending upon, you know, what their talents are. But I think the reason why we wanted to start with this one, not only because I think it's an easy concept for people to understand. They know a hero in their world. Yep. They have, you know, they've seen Black Panther or whatever <laughs> Marvel movie they like. They, they have a concept for what it could mean to be a hero. But also internally, um, this is a role that, I know I can relate with. I can relate with the successes and the beautiful parts of of that family role, but also some of the dysfunction that can come along when you have that whole situation crumble. Yeah. For me, that looks like now that I'm no longer in my family and I've left that family system, part of me finds a lot of joy in no longer being the hero, so to speak. Yep. A bigger part of me is left aimless. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily want to be the hero again. Yeah. Um, because it hurts so much to fail at being the hero or feel like I failed at being the hero. And yet, there is this reality where being, quote unquote, the hero is all I've ever really known. So I find myself, even within our marriage and in my friendships and all these other places, still trying to figure out where I fit if yeah. I'm not that. Yeah, yep. And I I think that one that speaks to why... <laughs> so it took me months, you guys, to convince Kyle to do this podcast with me. Literal months. Because for him, it was about risk and reward. Like, it was like, <laughs> well, what's the reward? And I'm like, well, the reward is that people get to experience healing and a conceptualization of God's love for them through the lens of mental health. And he's like, but how much money are we going to make? <laughs> you know? And, like, he needed, he needed a tangible... And so every single... Every single review, every single text message, every single DM, I screenshot it, right? I screenshot it and send it to him like currency as a reminder, like, this has a reward. This has a reward, right? And um, the the hero of the family, um, and baby, you can, you can bounce off with me on this, but the hero of the family, I also see... Um, like I was saying before, the two things, the one, they, they crumble, right? Mm-hmm. They crumble, and oftentimes in their relationships, they can take on this aloofness, and they yeah. can take on this apathy that can be confusing to their partners, especially if their partners get to see them operate in their family of origin. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, like yeah, and we we kind of call it the wall of defenses. Yeah, is kind of the way that that it, it's talked about. So each role has. I mean, obviously everyone's different, but there are going to be some similarities into how that role tries to protect itself. So yeah. what does it look like? when the family hero is trying to defend itself what's the wall that they're building and what are the bricks made of in that wall some of the things in the typical family hero's wall are denial yep um success so success as a barrier to um critique like oh i've been successful you can't critique me in this area and success seen as only valuable in so much as it makes a barrier for critique Mm. um you know, the idea of having it all together, um, you know, anger, mm-hmm. confusion, yeah. <laughs> inadequacy, loneliness, hurt. Yeah. These are all the sorts of things that are in the hero's tool belt. And so that can really easily turn, you know, that high achiever, um, good guy or good girl uh, with the, the high responsibility can easily turn into someone who is distant, who doesn't want yeah. to be known Because in the knowing, you understand the flaws. And if you understand the flaws, you understand that success has not been met in the way that the hero wants. I literally could not have said that more perfectly. Yeah. And that was going to be my next point is that um, people who are the family hero often struggle with developing true intimacy. Yeah. Right. They are the people that like you feel like you're close to and you feel like you've developed intimacy with. And like, you know, I will... I'm going to just give the example we've given before, but yeah. like, I felt like, man, getting married, yeah, it's hard, all the things. Like, man, me and Kyle are so close. I know what's going on with him. I'm updated. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember coming home one day and he's crying in the closet having a panic attack. Yep. And I was, I mean, I, I obviously was afraid and for him and like concerned, but I also remember. Later that night and the next morning, like processing it and being utterly confused that I never knew he experienced such anxiety. Yeah. Like being like, whoa, how did I miss this? <laughs> you know, um, and the family hero really struggles with developing and maintaining intimacy for that reason. It, yeah. it, it ruins their rate of success. It obliterates it. Yeah. Right. Like a success to them matters so much it's literally a part of their identity yeah right and i bring this up we bring this up we talk about this because it is so important for us to conceptualize one ourselves Mm. but the people we are doing life with yeah come on you know like the people that we are married to dating the people we call our best friends our godmother and father of our children our you know our siblings (laughs) sorry kyle's scratching his beard um but it's important for us to understand this because it can be easy to worship someone who is dying on the inside. Yeah. It can be so easy to look at someone and be like, dang, mom and dad really loves them. They just keep getting the easy thing out. They just keep getting the blah, 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 you know? Um, or to see that person as someone unworthy of empathy or sympathy yes. because they have it all. I almost snapped. Yep. Um, when yep. the truth is, I don't, I hate saying like, oh, they would trade places with you in a minute because that's probably not as true as everyone likes it to be. Yeah. There's pros and cons to every position, but very often that family hero is seen as having the most desirable role. And so they are the person that gets the least amount of empathy or sympathy when that role does not fit them. Yep. Yep. So you, I mean, you have a lot of people like 
me and my family loves me, but the idea that I am not happy or, or that I could be sad is something that like my family is starting to really see and absorb and like really love me in. But in the beginning was like preposterous. I would literally <laughs> yeah. have conversations with folks and say like, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of sad. And they'd be like, for what? Yeah. Like what you have nothing to be sad that, about. Like, yep. look at your life. Look at how successful yeah. you've been. Look at all these things. Yeah. And it's, and it can feel stifling. Like you're yeah. not allowed to not be okay. Yeah. Because then you you're no longer the hero for them. And yeah. people need someone to always be okay. Mm, and that, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that just I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. But that speaks to the reality that like oftentimes heroes can appear mature but in reality be emotionally stunted. Yeah. Because they're joy rather other people's perception of them and other people's joy is dependent on them. Yeah. Right? So like you're my hope. Right. That's what the hero is. Christ is our hero. He's our hope. Yep. And what happens is this person becomes like this micro figure of Christ <laughs> in other people's mm-hmm. lives. Right. And it's like, you're my hope. Kyle, we're looking to you. You're successful. If, you're black. You're this. You're that. You can't be sad. Yep. Right. If and, you got the job mm-hmm. and the wife and the, the cute kid yeah. and the house at 21 and all this stuff and you're not happy. What does that mean? For uh, me? What does that mean for me? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, like, yep. what am I going to do with that? Yeah. And it makes the family hero clam up. It makes them shut down because it's like, if I am sad, my sadness is not just my own. My sadness becomes the sadness of the entire system. My yeah. sadness becomes the, the, my grief becomes the grief of the entire system. My anger becomes the anger of the entire system, right? Yeah. And then what happens is in this grand reversal, when the family hero decides to be human, the entire family flips on them and is like, what is wrong with you? Stay in your place. Yeah. Or they, you know, and it can always, most likely it's a loving sort of like, no, yeah. like this is who you are. Yeah, like, don't. Yeah. Don't don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Don't you know? Just don't or, be emotional. Yeah. Like or it could be his hostility. Yeah, because I be do see too. that. I see like, and and so yes, there is this loving perspective, and I think Kyle's speaking of that because that's what he's experienced from his family. Um, but I know that I've seen other other people, other clients, other friends. <laughs> you yeah. know, just even in family systems that I know just personally. You can see so easily the family hero get turned on in a hostile mm. way. You're ruining this, right? This is, we always do this. Yeah. This is how we always respond. Yeah. Why are you ruining it, right? And if you're not leading this and policing it, then who's going to do it? Yeah. If right? the family hero is not supportive of this structure, then it it makes the family structure feel as if it no longer has value or if it's, it's being actively devalued. It's like someone saying something about your mama if you like your mama. <laughs> like, my brother, is super, he's a mama's boy. He'll fight over Kathy Campbell. He will. And, and it's not because she's in the room and her feelings are hurt. There's this sense of, no, to devalue this woman who's not in the room is to devalue everything that she supports and that supports her. Yeah. And it's to devalue a whole structure that has given me value. So yeah. through this convoluted lens, you know, you, you say something about my mama, <laughs> we, I need my one. Like, we, we have to fight. Yeah, yeah. And so when we think about the family hero, the benefits, yeah. um, you know, the, the kind of the downfalls, um, 
I think it's important for us to provide that for each family role in the system, there's a hope. Yeah. You know, there's a hope in, in um, you know, in the psychological world and counseling world, we would call this adaptivity, right? It's taking this trait that is present um, in a negative situation and being able to say this trait itself is not negative. Yeah. It may be applied in a negative way, but how can we apply this in a way that benefits us? So when we think about the family hero and how they can utilize essentially the skill of assertiveness that serves the family um, and the skill of assertiveness that also sometimes enslaves them, we can look at how this can be flipped in a way that the family hero can apply this assertiveness on their own behalf. Yeah, in a way that's healthy and and holy and healing. Yeah, and that looks like for the family hero setting boundaries and saying, you know, I appreciate that you guys care so much about my feelings, but I'm sad and I'm going to make space for that, right? It's almost like the family hero gets to, as they heal um, and experience this redemptive experience, um, they get to learn how to be a hero on their own behalf. Yeah. You know, to say, hey, it's okay for me to make mistakes and fail, right? When I talked about the family hero internalizing these rules and kind of applying them as they police the other people, changing those internal rules into something that is less strict, into something that is more um, compassion-based, something that is more kind, um, something that is more charitable, and applying that strictly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I am going to be strictly graceful with myself strictly forgiving yeah you know um yeah and i think that oftentimes it's important for us to see that these traits that we experience when we're in these family roles are not traits that are inherently bad like i said that earlier but it's important to say okay what is the just objective trait that is being applied that is being utilized here and for the family hero it's it's, it's that assertiveness, yeah, right? But now, how can we use this assertiveness in a way that reflects your personal values and reflects the values that God has ordained you to live in yeah. in your life, right? How do we take this inherent leadership role, right, um, that you have adopted, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. and now how do we apply that in a way that is kind and forgiving and grace-filled and charitable, not just to yourself, but to other people, right? Yeah. I think the family hero... Um, can can go from feeling almost like an um, someone who is internally oppressed, but also can be perceived by other people as an external oppressor because they're yeah. so strict on their rules. They can be the greatest advocate. Yeah, you know, and and the family hero um, has the greatest ability, I would say, to shift the family dynamic. Yep. You know, so and and. To be clear, there there are multiple people in a family unit experiencing multiple pieces of a family role at the same time. Yeah. My father is a family hero. My sister is a family hero. My other sister, my brother as well. There's just different aspects that we live in more often than, than um, the others. And this is the role that I took on most in my life. But the, the benefit to that is, well, heroes are heroes. So the the issue isn't necessarily that it's bad to be a hero. It's bad to be a hero that isn't real. Mm. You know, it's bad to be it's bad to pretend yeah. <laughs> to be something you're not. But if you can tap into the aspects of heroism in your family that make people see you as as someone worthy of following or setting the status quo 
and you apply it to the most healed parts of who you are, you now have an opportunity to shift the family further in the direction of healing than any other role could. Yeah. Yep. I think that that is, I think that is like the, the top key hope. Um, but also, um, I want to say for those of you who are family heroes, who've decided to step out of the role of hero in your family and mm-hmm. who have decided to heal, um, for those of you who have been told to take on this this strong and hard exterior, who've decided to submit before the Lord or, or even just become more soft and congruent with who you really are on the inside, um, I just want to express empathy because yeah. there are so many family heroes who get um, ostracized from their families. You know, there are so many family heroes who decide, I want to be well, and so I cannot take on this role of saving everyone in the family. Mm -hmm. And when they leave, um, if the family is not willing to adjust and heal, because one person healing in a system demands healing for every other person in the system. It's all connected. It really is. It's it's a system, right? And so when other people feel... um, when other people feel afraid to take on that burden of healing and decide not to do it, it is so important for you to know that you are still doing the right thing even when you're feeling really hard emotions. Yeah. Even when you're feeling like, dang, no one sees me, no one cares, or even when it feels like you've lost a family. Healing can be a, a concurrent experience, experience of yeah. grief. Yeah. <laughs> like, dang, like I, once once I didn't provide this to my family system... They didn't even care about me anymore. They didn't want me anymore. Yeah. And like I pray that's not your experience, but I know I know for a fact that that is some people's experience. And so, again, the hope is that this information is is something that can really pour into what people understand of themselves, but also so that they can develop empathy for other people around them. Yeah. For the people who seem strong around their family, but. Um, appear huge finger quotations needy mm-hmm. right like that's telling you something right yeah. there may be a demand that they don't feel like they can sustain with longevity in their family system and so maybe being around you is the only place where they feel weak facts um, and, and that can be a hard position to be in but the family heroes exist everywhere they're yeah. listening right now. Yep. You work with them. You, you might work one. underneath them. You may be one. And the hope is as we go through each of these roles that everyone can not only identify where they fit in the role or where they fit most often, yeah. but also start to view their community through a lens of charity. Yeah. Of like, no, this person isn't a isn't trash. <laughs> I they mean, don't they, deserve to be canceled. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, we 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 shouldn't throw them throw them away. Um, they have a real context that makes sense within their own context. It may not make sense to you yet. Yeah. But if you if you can open your eyes and you can see from a different view how what it might be like to grow up with all the things, say if you're the scapegoat or you're the lost child, which mm-hmm. we'll get to, you may feel like, man, all I've ever wanted to be is a family hero. Yeah. Well, the grass isn't always greener. Sure. Right. And, and, and vice versa. So we hope that through this series that everyone gains a little more empathy for not only the person in the mirror, but the person in the room next to you.
Yeah, absolutely. We're just grateful that you guys, again, took the time to listen. Um, Next week, we'll be talking about the family scapegoat, which is literally the exact opposite of the family hero. Um, We're excited to share with you guys. Um, If you guys want to join our Patreon, get more information. We'll be posting a diagram um, and some journaling prompts for our Patreon. If you want to be someone who can get resources directly correlating to what we're talking about on a weekly basis, visit the show notes, join our Patreon. We'd love to have you join the family. Um, And we'll talk to you guys soon. Until the circle comes back around. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps people figure out who we are and what we're doing and gets the podcast out to a wider audience. Also, we have just launched a Patreon. In that, you'll have access to guided meditations, spiritual discipline sessions, even some live Q&As about mental health. And most importantly, you'll actually get first dibs to merch. Um, If you've ever looked at our website, uh, you'll see a Protect Your Peace hoodie. That'll be dropping soon. So visit the show notes and join the family.